I'm going to be honest with you this week. Uh, this week, probably more than, than most times in my life as I've been praying and preparing for this series, I have really battled the voice of no one cares. Like, I have really battled the voice of no, this does not matter. Like, all week. Like, in a very intense and strong way. And I've been going, God, you... You've got to, you got to help me get through because I know that this matters. And so fortunately, being able to be one who, who tries to run to God's word and, and pray and, and go, God, that's not true. Being quick to identify lies, being quick to identify truth, and really running to that. And so I'd really just like to pray uh, right now this morning, as you might be battling that thought too when it comes to the truth of God's word. You may be battling the thought that no one cares. And uh, we know that God really does care about his word being presented, uh, not just to us together, but to a world that really is longing to hear that story that God pursued them. So let's pray. Father, uh, we just ask that in this time that we have together, that you would truly strengthen your bride. You would cause us to see what is true. You'd cause us to see where we have believed lies. You'd cause us to see where we have have taken things and we've said we want this, but we don't like this. And we've tried to make a buffet of truth that doesn't work. And Lord, we'd be able to be pointed to the scriptures this morning through this declaration that has been made for nearly two millennia. Lord, thank you for those men and women who made these declarations most of which at the cost of their lives, that we now have the opportunity to join with them in declaring in clear and simple in a beautiful way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Um, I do believe that if people can be making confessions all over the internet, all over Twitter, all over Facebook, that I can make a confession to you this morning. My confession is this. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, that means universal, Catholic, don't freak out, it means the universal church, the body around the world, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting, amen. We live in a day and an age where people are making confessions left and right, whether it's about something they did or mistake or that they made, but rarely are we announcing or declaring things that actually drive our lives. Because we live in this society that's kind of like, you can't really know anything, so it doesn't really matter. And so we kind of go, yeah, you're probably right. But simple, brief, and in beautiful order, the Apostles' Creed, what I just read to you, is dated no later than the 4th century, but the elements and teachings of the Apostles have been recorded in one form or fashion since 100 A.D., People simply and beautifully, liturgically, and in a way that it's very repeatable together, 
since about 100 AD, have been making these simple, clear, concise confessions in a culture around them that may or may not have agreed with anything that they thought. But for nearly two millennia, they have been promoting unity and direction among the body of Christ. Now, for those of you that have grown up in a Catholic background or maybe Baptist or any other liturgical, um, you know, speaking out together background, you may be going, whoa, 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 can we say that? We're not Catholic. We're, whoa, 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 can we, can we say that? We, we're not Baptist. Can we, say, can we say those things? Or for some of you, you're probably going, man, it's so good to hear him say that. Because I don't know. I don't know what they believe. I don't know what he believes. I think it's so good that finally he's getting to the point. And I, mean, I think sometimes we go that route where we walk with people who are trying to be so covert in the way that they walk with people. You're just like, get to the point. Would you just tell me what you believe? Stop dancing around it. Stop saying it in an artsy-fartsy way. Just tell me what you believe. Right? Like, don't we get tired of the game? We do. And so there's moments in history where you just got to go back to the simplicity and the clarity of what Christ followers have declared since Jesus died, rose, and ascended. For Christians throughout the centuries, these creeds are not, this word-for-word thing that I just read to you is not found in the scripture, nor did the apostles write it but it is a clear summary of the elements of their teaching that the church was united around. And so for those of you that are like, but what about only the scripture? We believe only the scripture. But if I can be illustrative in this, the creeds really are like the moon. The moon doesn't have any light of its own. It doesn't do anything but just hang there. But what it does is it reflects the sun. And so these creeds allow us to see these bigger truths housed in Scripture. They are a reflection of what comes out of the Scripture. Every single phrase that we state in this Apostles' Creed comes directly from the Scripture. Though if you're new to the faith, you won't actually find this line, this type of phrasing, word for word, anywhere in the Scripture. And that's okay because we use it as a springboard to point us to the truth that Christ's followers have been declaring for years. Creeds point us to the bigger reality of all that the Scripture teaches, simply and clearly. And they can be said together, as we will do at the end of this service, if you so choose. In all of Scripture, there are I believe and confession statements all through the New Testament. Nathaniel confessed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Peter confessed, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He also said, you alone have the words that give eternal life. And we believe and we know that you, Jesus, are the Holy One of God. Thomas confessed, my Lord and my God. There are some theologians who suggest that that is the strongest confession made by the apostles. The one who doubted. Nonetheless, Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, said this, For we live by believing and not seeing. Paul, clearing up confusion among the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 8, said, But for us there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. 
you do know that Christ's followers were described as believers, right? Like it's what marked Christians, not by all the things that they did or didn't do, but it was their beliefs. What they saw, what they expressed were very simple and clear announcements that we are a people who believe someone who has a name, who has existed in history and has accomplished something on our behalf. We believe him. And I want to make sure very clearly that Christians do not believe that there are a set of words, a mantra, a incantation, or a set prayer that we can pray that will somehow twist God's arm to get what we want. God will not be manipulated. So we don't even say these things to try and go, God, look at us. Look what we're saying. Look what we're declaring. Now you have to do things for us. We do not believe that God can be manipulated. He has no needs. But yet there are things in our hearts that need to be addressed all the time. We are the ones whose hearts are fickle and go running after things and stuff and even thoughts that are not centered on the Word of God. Christians believe that the Bible is the Word of God and the creed becomes man's response to God. The Bible is, God says, the creed is, God, I believe you. These are the things that that marked Christ followers throughout history, is that God said this about himself, God said this about us, and Christ followers said, God, I know the culture around us says other things about you, but I'm going to choose to believe you as you have revealed yourself in the scripture. Christians believe that the Bible is to be believed and obeyed, but the creed is a simple way to declare it and teach it. As I said before, the Apostles' Creed is a simple, clear, and beautiful way of expressing the Apostles' teachings to a culture that had no religious backgrounds, to cultures that were worshiping many gods or many ideas of gods or worshiping nothing. And it was a way of teaching people very simply that the God of the universe has revealed himself in Scripture, and here is what his plan is laid out. In a day where everyone is so wishy-washy or so unclear about how to answer a question, speaking of that, I just have to show this video clip again because it has changed everything for me and given me a great way of explaining. But you guys remember our our friend to the South, uh, Miss South Carolina, several years ago? Here you go. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our... Thank you very much, South Carolina. Uh, If you're one with a high empathy radar right now, you are red in the face. You are so embarrassed for this poor girl. 
But it was clear as mud, right? Like clear as mud in what she was trying to explain. In a day when everyone wants to stay as neutral as possible or as vague as possible or as pick and choose as you possibly can be, Christ followers should have a clear and distinctive answer that points to what it means to be a follower of Christ. These creeds promote clarity, they promote unity, they promote balance, and they promote direction. The four things that we'll look at this whole series that each of these statements really grow in us and stir in us as the body of Christ. I, can, I cannot remember which debate I was watching, but it was one of the major, you know, the four horsemen, the, the, the new atheist movement um, debates, and he was debating a, a, a Christian and then it was the Q&A time at this university where they were having this conversation. And this, the, the, the man who was arguing the atheist perspective was taking questions. And so uh, a student walks up to the microphone and says, uh, excuse me, uh, my question is for you. I am a Christian, but I do not believe uh, that Jesus rose from the dead. I don't believe in the virgin birth. I don't believe those things. And the atheist stopped him in the middle of his intro and said, well, then, sir, by definition, you are not a Christian. The atheist stopped this Christ follower and said, by definition, then you are not. You see, even in the, in the New Testament, the enemies of God knew what the Christ followers believed. Today, because we've gotten so far away from the simplicity and the clarity of being able to declare what the Scripture teaches about who God is and who we are, even the enemies of the church today don't know what the church believes it was so clear and so simple then that even the enemies of God were able to say, these people believe that Jesus is the Savior. What would they say about the church today? They're mean. They stand on street corners and yell at people. They hold nasty signs. We don't know what they believe, but they're just mean. Maybe. I don't know. But when you get away from the simple truth of the Scripture, even in a declarative way where we get to say it together, this is what begins to happen, and the message gets lost, which obviously we believe the enemy would probably desire. That people would have no, no understanding of what Christ's followers really do believe. For thousands of years, Christ's followers have been able to clearly and even simply confess what makes their position unique in the world oftentimes at a great cost, because two things go on at the same time. When we stand and we say these phrases together, I told you, it is the greatest act of rebellion, and it is the greatest act of allegiance at the same time. When I say that I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, when I declare that, I am speaking and I am rebelling against the culture's narrative that everything's here by accident that nothing happened for a reason, that there's no purpose, that there's no intention, there's nothing for you. So by standing and saying that I believe these things, I am rebelling against the narratives of the culture, but at the same time, I'm pledging my allegiance to God. I'm saying, no, I, I believe you. And even when my feelings go a direction, even when my emotions are all out of whack, even when my sight is telling me something else. God, I'm going to choose to believe because I know you're faithful. For nearly 2,000 years, the creeds have guarded us as Christ followers from drifting, from heresy, false teachings making their way into the church, and they've helped shape 
the people of God. And there is a power in saying, I believe, but even more powerful, in this room together we say, we believe. There is a unity promoted by these creeds, not uniformity. Please don't get unity and uniformity mixed up. Uniformity is a secular idea. You must say as I say, and do as I do, and look as I look, and act as I act, and walk as I walk, and if you don't, then you need to get out. Unity is different than uniformity. Unity causes a people to go, these are the things we unite around. These are the things that bring us together. This is the simple truth. This affects how we live. This affects how we live amongst each other. And we are united in the direction that they springboard us to. In Paul's letters to the Roman Christians, in, Paul's, in Romans chapter 10, he speaks of the power of confession and specifically belief. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Why does it matter what we believe? As simple as I can put it, folks. We live out what we believe. And I love that it doesn't say those who know that Jesus is God in their heart. Because you and I know a lot of things. Oftentimes, even in the midst of knowing those things, we do the opposite, correct? We always go after what we believe. And in those moments, as our fickle as our emotions might be, what we believe drives how we live. And so for Paul to say, confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead matters because it actually determines the direction of our life. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, a very famously quoted verse, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We are not driven by our intellect as human beings. As much as we'd like to argue that we are, I'm smarter, so I make better decisions. Not true. <laughs> we are actually driven by our affections. All day, er day. I know that we like to boast in our intelligence, but at the end of the day, we run after our affections. What we believe determines how we live. Why is the greatest commandment that, God, that Jesus gave to us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Some of us have become so used to that verse that we're probably like it. No, it's serve the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul. No, it's love. Because we are driven by our affections. What we believe determines the direction of our life. You can say what you believe, again, knowledge, but you actually live what you believe. It's simple. If I believe I have a net beneath me, I'm willing to try swing on a trapeze. If there is no net, I will not try swinging on a trapeze. If I believe that money matters most, I will do all it takes to get that money. My life will be lived in pursuit of money. 
If I believe in my heart that finding the perfect spouse is most important, I will live my life looking under every rock possible to find that person. I will hit the clubs, the singles groups, the internet, and the church. Hey! (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's really important that you and I understand why Paul, why Jesus, why all of these, these men who spoke in the Scriptures work from belief and not knowledge Because it doesn't say if you confess with your mouth and know in your heart. How many of you know something you should or shouldn't do, but you do it anyways? Like four hands went up. You guys are a bunch of liars. Seriously, like four hands? Guys, we're going to get together and have like an intervention right here. Us four, we're going to come up here and just tell you you're all liars. Um... You know, I know I shouldn't eat the entire box of chocolate truffles from Chocolate Fetish next door, but I do it anyways. You know, I know that I should get up and be productive, but there are just five more episodes of Stranger Things to watch. I know I should go to bed, but there's just one more episode of Stranger Things to watch. I know I should go back to work, but the next season of Stranger Things preview came out yesterday. See, we know things but it doesn't necessarily direct the way we live. Knowing something doesn't always translate to action. We are driven by the things we believe. Our lives are lived as a result of what we, what we believe and what stirs us most. That being said, these confessions, these creeds, not only bring clarity, they not only bring unity, but they bring balance. And if you have ever been to a gym with a gym membership, you will understand what it means to be unbalanced. Like, you've seen the guys who live by the bench press machine but have never touched a leg machine in their life. You have stood next to those guys on the treadmill who are just running for hours and they're string beans and if you were to push them they'd fall to the ground like this. You know those people who live by the leg machine but up top they don't know how to do anything. See, in, just as in health you and I can be under productive or overproductive. It's the same with the truth of Scripture. Christ followers were meant to be healthy all around. I mean, and I know people who are physical trainers, and they try to stress, you got to train right, you got to eat right, you got to, I mean, there's other practices besides hitting the weight room. But some people, they hit the weight room, but they've never run in their life. Some people run all the time, but they eat like terrible stuff. I mean, and so uh, just as in the health world, you and I can get under, you know, uh, underbalanced or whatever the word is, overproduced in one side and underproduced in the other. That's what we can do as Christ followers. And in the same way for us in the church, you and I can be really strong in the serving area, but we can have the toothpick legs when it comes to a biblical understanding of who Jesus is. You and I can be really strong in understanding the Father's heart, but have absolutely no clue about his mighty, holy, righteous, just heart for his people as well. You and I can be people who are strong, who are strong about the righteousness of God, but we miss the Father's tender heart. You see, as Christ followers, we can get zoomed in and focused in on one element And the creeds help promote a balance among a people who are so easily unbalanced. As I told you at the beginning, reciting the creeds together is the greatest act of rebellion and allegiance at the same time. 
is very similar to marriage vows because you are not just saying yes to a woman or a man that you are standing across from. You're actually saying no to everyone else around you. When I said my I do's to my wife, I said no to everyone and everything else that might compete for my affection for her. Greatest act of rebellion and allegiance at the same time. And in this confession, not only are we looking at clarity, unity, balance, but direction. Because of the simplicity and the clarity of the creeds and what is clearly taught in Scripture, how I direct myself and how I direct others is directly influenced. Maybe you personally have had this thought, God isn't mighty. Well, how do I direct myself in that moment? No, the Scripture says He is mighty. When my thoughts say, I got this, (laughs) I can do this all on my own, the scripture says I'm actually joined to the church. And there are people that I was made to not only pour my life into, but also to have their lives poured into me. When my thoughts say, I can't be forgiven, scripture says that I'm in Christ, forgiven. When my thoughts rage at the idea of suffering in this world, I am reminded that Christ suffered. How do you counsel other people? How do you direct other people when they come to you with this thought? When someone says God can't love them, how do you direct them? Yeah, sucks for you. Yeah, you're probably right. You're way off. I don't think God can love you. Or do you direct them based on the scripture? I say that scripture says God loves us. And he loved us first. And he loves as a good father. Because that's what he says of himself. What about when someone comes to you and mourns the loss of a loved one? What do you say? It's really hard. It's really tough. Or in your heart and in your prayers, are you desiring for them to understand that death is not the end? How do you direct others when they come to you? When someone says, I don't need the church, which is a very popular statement today, how do you direct them? Yeah, you're right. You seem strong enough. Is that what you say? Or do you say, no, we remember and confess and we believe that we've been united to the universal body of Christ. As the band comes and we close this morning, As Christ followers, what we believe trumps what we feel. As Christ followers, what we believe trumps my emotional ups and downs. And what I believe, what we believe, trumps even what we see sometimes. Because when all I see is chaos surrounding, I run to the comforting fact that God is mighty. And when I look around and I see people yelling and being mean as a church or something, and I look at the nation and I go, what is the church doing? I remember that that Christ died and he rose again and he's going to return. You know, Paul made it very simple. The difference between Christianity and all the other religions of the world is what we believe. Where all the religions say, here's the bar, do your best, go where you can, 
figure it out, try really hard, try to be the best that you can be, Christ followers plant their lives in belief that someone in history who has a name did something on our behalf. We believe that something that happened in history, in the past, has shored up our future. Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to, to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Christ followers for centuries have had clear, concise, simple beautiful ways of declaring what makes them unique in history. This is why it's a valuable time in our day and age to look at those declarations together and allow them to be a springboard into Scripture. And so this morning, what I would like to do is i just really just love to solemnly declare these things together. That means if you're a parent, you, you have your child in your arms... If they're old enough to read, they stand and look with you. But to have our children begin to hear these phrases spoken over them and for us to hear it spoken as well. And so if at this time, if you would be willing, we're going to stand together. Why don't just everybody stand? And we're going to enter into and continue in our time of worship by just declaring this and then singing to God. And if you're in this room and you would say, I believe these things, I'm going to say them. Or if you're one who's in the room who says, I'm not sure if I believe this, you don't have to say it. Don't say it if you don't believe it. But man, for some of us, for those who've been following Christ for a really long time, <laughs> it's good to remember. For those of you who are new to the faith, it's good to begin to say these simple things. For those of you who are still questioning and journeying, you don't have to say a thing if you don't want to. But as Christ followers, we're not just united to the universal church that's going on around us right now. We're united in faith throughout the history of Christ following. So let's say these words together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.